Okay, here's the second message in our Beyond Blessed series, and it's called Who's the Owner? And uh, I'm starting to get to the place, I always told you to turn to two passages. I'm starting to get to the place where I don't know which, I don't know if anybody even turns, you know, anymore. Uh, and, and the notes are on uversion.com. Is that the name, uversion? Just uversion, it's the app. Yeah, who knows what all that means. But anyway, it's the, <laughs> it's the app, so you can go on, on, on uversion, all right? And so I want to talk about who's the owner, and here's the reason why. This is the foundation to living a blessed life. And remember, a blessed life is a life that blesses. Please remember that. Please don't ever confuse what I share with materialism or a hyper-prosperity message. Please never confuse that, because that is not my goal at all. I want us to live a life where we can be a blessing. And so to live a life that's blessed and a life that's even beyond blessed, there's a foundation. And that's what we want to talk about. And it is the foundation of ownership. If I told you I was going to preach on stewardship, you might have a tendency uh, to kind of tune me out and to say, yes, I know about stewardship, Pastor. I've heard messages on stewardship. But it's not just stewardship we're going to talk about. It's the foundation of even stewardship, and that's ownership. Because you'll never be a good steward if you don't understand who the owner actually is. Um, when my uh, da daughter, Elaine, went to college, um, she's right down here, uh, she went to ORU, and um, when Josh and James went to school, Josh went to school in Florida, James went to Baylor, um, I, I, set up, I, I linked their accounts with my account and just would just wire money, you know, every month. And um, when Elaine went, I, I, ju I just gave her a credit card and just said, put things on the credit card. I remember getting that first bill And realizing that, um, uh, you know, a five, six, 110-pound woman could not eat that much. And, and so I, um, I called and I said, are, are you buying meals um, or gas or, because there were gas station, you know, bills that wouldn't, her Toyota Corolla couldn't hold that much gas. And I said, are you buying meals and gas for your friends? This is what she said to me. She said, Dad, you taught me to be a giver. <laughs> I said, Sugar, that's not giving. That's called stealing. <laughs> because you're not the owner. You're giving my money away. That's my money. Is the money in your account yours? <laughs> so let's talk about a few things, all right? Here's number one. It all belongs to God. Not just a tithe. It all belongs to God. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's. Please notice those 
Lord's. <laughs> he owns it. Is the Lord's. And, in case you have any doubt, everything in it. Everything in it. The world and all its people, now watch ownership, belong to him. Belong to him. Psalm 50, verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine. I own them. I own all of them. And the cattle on a thousand hills. Of course, the cattle and the hills. I know all the birds of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. They're mine. They belong to me. They're my property. I love this statement. This is one of my favorite statements in the whole Bible. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Because <laughs> you don't own any other animals. I do. For the world is mine and all its fullness. This is a revelation you have to get. You have to get that you can work for it, you can earn it, your name can be on the deed, but if you're a believer, then you really understand it's God's. That's why when God tells you to give something, you don't grieve over it. it doesn't bother you at all. Now, you know, my wife and I uh, like to give cars to people when we can and when the Lord speaks to us too. And we went through a season where it just seemed like we were giving. We gave, I think, I, it's, it's, I, I don't want to say something that is not true. For some reason, I think we gave away nine cars in 18 months. But I know it was uh, nine cars, and I know it was a short amount of time. And it was just a, a season. I was traveling, and, and um, we were making more money than what we needed, and we just kept seeing needs, and so we just kept you know, giving cars to missionaries or single parents or, or whatever. And there was a, a couple in our church that said, hey, we, we'd like to give a car to this family that needs it. Um, and we, we've heard that you give cars away. And we also understand we can't designate it. By law, you can't do that. You can't give a car to a nonprofit and designate it. So they said, so we're not doing that, but that would be our preference, but we, we want to give it to your ministry. This is before Gateway Church when I was traveling and, and had a ministry that, that was a nonprofit ministry. And so they gave it to us. Now, it takes a little while to transfer the title, and I'd found a way that you wouldn't have to wait six weeks that you could actually transfer the title in 24 hours and do it that way, you know, and some of you know about that. And so I transferred the title over, I'm, and I had the thought, I'm, I'm going to drive the car over to a mechanic just to make sure nothing's wrong. I don't want the family to have a bill, and if it's a you know, something to take care of it. On the way to the mechanic, the engine went out. I got to the mechanic, I got, got it towed to the mechanic, and the mechanic said, uh, the whole engine's gone, cracked the block, and it'll, it'll take about $2,000 to fix it. This was in the 80s. And so, um, I told him, we'll go ahead and do it. Now, I'm driving away, and I'm pretty honest with the Lord. He can handle it. He's very secure. I don't know if you've noticed that. But um, so I said to the Lord, this is too much of a coincidence. You know, they owned it yesterday. 
The other family's going to own it tomorrow. I own it one day. <laughs> one day. And the engine goes out. And I'll never forget what the Lord said to me. He said, the family that was giving it didn't have the money to fix it. The family that was receiving it didn't have the money to fix it. You have the money because I gave it to you. And I can stop giving it to you anytime you want me to. And he was strong about it. And I said, no, that's okay. That's uh, it's okay. Hey, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. Okay. But when you understand it's all God's, then you understand the money that I do have in the, in the account. I didn't get it because I preached an extra meeting that month because that was my income was preaching back then and, and, and traveling and doing speaking things. I didn't get it because of that. I gave it because God gave it to me so I could be a blessing. It, it, when, when God puts that in your heart, everything I have is God's. That's why if God says give it away, you don't grieve, you're not upset about it because it's not yours in the first place. Debbie was walking through some uh, a, a couple through our house one time. It was a pastor and his wife. They came into a conference. They stayed in their home. And, and I, I, I was sitting in the living room because I'd, I'd been on the tour before, you know. So I didn't really care to take the tour of the 1,400 square foot house that we were living in. It didn't take that long either, you know. So, so I'm sitting in the living room, but I hear her say he, he saw something that I had, and I don't remember what it was, uh, but he just said, man, I have always wanted one of those. And I heard her say, don't tell Robert because he'll give it to you. <laughs> because it's not mine. Are y'all following me? Now, many of you have this revelation in full, and you might have it even more than I have it. Many of you sort of have it. Many of you don't have it at all. But you got to get it. It changes everything. It's the greatest way in the world to live, to have wonderful things you can enjoy and not own any of them. Uh, Debbie and I have some land outside the Metroplex that we have, you know, um, some deer and, you know, I post pictures every now and then and we have some ponds with fish in them and we just, we just it's, it's a place to enjoy, but it has hills on it. They're not mountains because it's in Texas, so it has hills, all right? But they're about 1,300 feet high. And it's kind of cool to have some hills that you can climb and, you know, things. So, so, but you come to a place a few miles from our place, and when you get to the top of another hill, you can see our hills. And they're our, you know, and so the first, I remember one of the first times I saw that, the thought came to my mind, I'm breathing the thought to the prayer, the, the, to the Lord, the prayer, and I said this, thank you, Lord, for letting me, and before I could say the word own, the hills, those hills, I had to say, thank you, Lord, for letting me steward those hills. Because I know who owns the permanent deed. My, my name may be on the temporary deed. Are, are y'all following me? This is something that you gotta get. It's gotta get down deeply in your heart. Um, when Josh went to Florida, uh, to college, he went to Florida, and um, so we, we worked out a budget, how much is he had to live off campus, so we found an, an apartment online. When we got there, we found out pictures online looked different than pictures. <laughs> Anyone ever done that? 
this is the house. This is the house. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> so, so we got this apartment, and, uh, and I figured, we figured out gas, food, all the stuff. So I, so I said, I'm, I'll, I'll send you this much money every month. And he knew it was a huge sacrifice to us. Now, this is, Josh is almost 37 years old. So we're talking at least 17, 18 years ago. And, um, you know, no, no books at that point. So it was a huge sacrifice for me. And so we, we did it. And after a few months, he called and said, hey, Dan, um, I've, I've met, you know, these two Christian guys that I've introduced you to and, and become close friends. They're good, solid believers We've been looking, we found an apartment we can move into safer part of town, closer to the school, and uh, the three of us move in together, and our, my expenses would lower about $100 a month. And I could save, here's what he said, you $100 a month. Because he knew I was, the, I was the one sending the money. So he said, I'd like to do that if that's okay. And I said, I think that's great. He said, well, you can cut what you're sending me by $100 a month. You know what I did? Some of you say, well, you kept sending it. No, I sent $100 more. I started sending 100 more, and I said to him, son, here's what I want you to know. God blesses good stewardship. Now, please hear this. This is the number one thing I want people to get from beyond blessed. That's pretty important, what I just said. Number one thing. In the same way that people give and God blesses supernaturally, when you become a good steward, God blesses supernaturally. There's a supernatural, miraculous element from heaven on your finances. It's not just that the numbers add up by doing a budget. It's that God begins to bless you supernaturally. If you think, man, if I give this offering to the church, I know God's gonna bless me. Yes, God does reward us when we give with the right heart. But when you say, I'm going to get my finances in order, I'm telling you, God will bless you from places you've never even seen. So number one, you need to know God owns it all. Here's number two. It all belongs to God. Here's number the first two is the first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. Exodus 13, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both the man and beast. I want you to notice, I want you to notice God saying this. By the way, this is the God who can't change, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever, both the man and beast, it is mine. It belongs to me. Now, we know it all belongs. For some reason, though, he set aside the first also. Exodus 23, 19, the first of, the, of your first fruits. That's for those of you who are hard of hearing. Not in the natural, in the spiritual. The first of your first fruits. I've heard people say, give your first fruits to God. That's not, he, doesn't, he never says that. He says, give the first of your first fruits. In other words, give the tithe of your first fruits. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. You know how I know the first fruits belong to God? Because he didn't say you shall give them. Because if they were yours, you could give them. But they're not yours, so you can only bring them to the house of God. Genesis 4, and in the process of time, those words are very, very important. In the process of time, it came to pass, it just kind of happened over time, that Cain brought an offering, an offering, 
does not say first, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. He did not bring first fruits. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected or received Abel his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Now, I've covered this some in The Blessed Life, but I want you to know, realize something because so many people say, well, tithing was under the law and we're not under the law. That's true. We're not under the law as believers. But if you think that that means that you can murder or commit adultery or steal or lie and it not affect you, you are greatly deceived. And if you think that it means that you can take what belongs to God and not be affected, you are greatly deceived. So, but just, just so many people just don't realize a timeline. So let me give you just a little timeline, all right? Cain and Abel, this, is, this was about 4,000 B.C., 4,000 years before Christ, okay? Now, just to give you some markers, Abraham was about 2,000 B.C. It's 2,000 years from Adam and Eve to Abraham and 2,000 years to Christ, just so you know. All right. Now, Moses, this is the law came through Moses. That's John 1. That's just, this is simple, so I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. The law came through Moses, 1500 B.C., and then David, just to give you a marker, was about 1000 B.C., all right? That's just a little bit of the Old Testament with some characters that you know. Here's what I want you to notice, okay? Cain and Abel, 4000 B.C., look at Moses, the law, 1500 B.C. Go, go to where we just got, though, yeah. Okay, so... 1,500, 4,000. Now, I know some of you are not good at math. <clears throat> I understand that. You're good at things that I'm not good at. I, I understand, and I really believe that with all my heart. But math is, is um, you know, like right now, you're okay, carry the, okay. So, but here's the, here's the bottom line. What's, how, how, how far from Cain and Abel until the law came? How far? Okay, let's do it this way, all right? 2,500 years. Twenty five hundred years before the law was given, God accepted a firstborn offering, but did not accept another offering because it was not the first fruits. This is a principle with God. By the way, 2,500 years before the law, the law said thou shalt not murder, right? Was murder still wrong when Cain and Abel were around? Of course it was. So murder didn't become wrong when the law was given and tithing didn't become right when the law was given. It was back 2,500 years before. And by the way, Abraham, look at this. Abraham was 2000 BC. That's 500 years before the law. That's not real good. <laughs> you know what? Does this, uh, can you see if you can flip that? Ah, oh, look at that. Okay, now we got to ride again. Okay. All right. So. 
By the way, I'm going to be selling these paintings if you'd ever... All the proceeds will go to the building fund, okay? All right, so I'll probably just give the money myself. All right, so here's the... Abraham tithes. Genesis 14. Abraham tithes. Tell me why Abraham would tithe 500 years before it was ever written. 500 years, unless he knew it was a principle that the first of all of your income belongs to God. You say, I don't understand this word belongs because it all belongs to God. Uh Uh-huh, but for some reason, he set aside the first for himself. I I don't know why he did it, he just did. The tithe belongs to God. When uh, Ethan and Elaine were, were dating, uh, they were, it was in the young adult service. And they were standing down at the front of the uh, sanctuary. It might have been one of the other campuses. Might have been, was it North Richland Hills when this happened? Okay. Is that the NRH? NRH. <laughs> it was at the NRH campus. And um, so they're sitting around talking like seven or eight of them. And they're, they're kind of just joking around with Ethan about What's it like to date Pastor Robert's daughter? And, and I, was a, I was good. Wasn't I good? I was good. <laughs> I'm going to shake your head big like that. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I might have been rough a little. I mean, I, you know, you know I, mean, I, I talked to him about standards and rules, and I showed him my gun collection. Normal, <laughs> normal things, normal things that a father would do, you know? Okay, all right. So, but, but they're sitting around talking about, you know, what's it like to date Pastor, date Pastor Robert's daughter? And then one of them said this to Elaine. He said, you know, your daughter, your, your dad is so uh, strong on tithing. I'll bet he even checks the tithing records of the guys that want to date you. And my daughter said, uh, he does. And I did. So let me, let me just ask you a question. Why would I give my daughter to a thief? And, and please don't get offended if you, have, if you struggle with tithing or even if you have a different doctrinal, please don't get offended because I, I believe what the Bible says about it. And God calls the person who does not return the tithe, he calls that person a thief. God does. Joshua 7, Malachi 3. Look it up for yourself. Joshua 7, he uses the word stolen. They've stolen it. Malachi 3, he says, you've robbed me. You've robbed me from this because it belongs to me. So it all belongs to God. The first belongs to God. Now we're going to hit tithing. So number three, the tithe belongs to God. The word tithe is a Hebrew word, which means the tenth. And when you see it in Scripture, it's the first tenth. When your sheep had ten, when your sheep had a lamb, let's put it this way, you were to give the first one to God, not the tenth one. Here's the reason why. It would not take faith to give the tenth one. It takes faith to give give the first one. When they went into Jericho and when they went into the promised land, God said, bring, he didn't say give because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You can only bring it. Bring all of the silver and gold from Jericho into the house of the Lord. 
Why did he say that? And why did he say all of it? It's real simple. Jericho was the first city. This is the principle of the first. God said, you bring me the first and the rest will be blessed. Remember when they kept some, they lost the second battle, which is the battle of Ai, which was a very, very small city. They couldn't even defeat a small city because they had stolen. And again, those are the words God used, Joshua 7. He said, they've stolen from me. They took what belonged to me. So how, the tithe belongs to God. Look at the scripture, Leviticus 27, verse 30. And all the tithe of the land. Just to want you to notice the word all. Of the seed, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree. Watch, I told you it belongs to God. Is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? It's holy to the Lord. Now, we get hung up a lot on 10%. It's not so much that it's 10%, it's the first 10%. And I, I don't know why God chose 10% other than I think it's just easy for every person. And it's the same. It's equal. You realize that? If you tithe, you give the same as a millionaire to God. See, the, the tithe on a uh, $50,000 a year salary is the exact same as the tithe on a $5 million a year salary. It's 10%. And I think it's easy to remember. And I know we're not all good at math. Many of you know that uh, my father, who's right there, he's a mathematical genius. Which is true. He's a mathematical genius. My son James is a mathematical genius. They used to do advanced algebra problems in geometry and calculus on the phone. Yeah, and I, I, I can remember saying, when did they add letters to this number, math, you know? Okay. But, so he's a mathematical genius. I'm not a mathematical genius. Apparently it skips a generation. But, but numbers add up in my mind just like that. It just happens, okay? Debbie and I were buying something one time for $7.99. And uh, the lady said, I'm going to have to add the tax on the calculator because the cash register is broken. And I said, it's 66 cents. That fast. And we got, and she, you know, did her little thing and she said, uh, it's 66 cents. <laughs> so I said, okay. So we get out in the car and Debbie says to me, how do you do that? Let me help you, men. Um, I thought that she was actually asking me <laughs> how I did it. She said, how do you do that? I found out later she could not care less how I do it. And so I explained it to her. 799 is close to eight. Our tax rate is 8.25. Eight times eight is 64. Quarter of eight is two. 64 plus two is 66. I said, sugar, that should happen in less than a second in your mind. She said, it doesn't. She said, I'll tell you what I do know. I know what 25% off means. 
So I, thought, I still thought she was talking math. And so I said, okay, if, I don't know why. I said, okay, if it's something's $100 and it's 25% off, what does that mean? She said, it means it's a good deal. <laughs> and then she said, she said, and if it's 50% off, it's free. What? And then she does like this. Like I'm the one that doesn't understand math now. You know. She said, Robert, everyone knows if it's 50% off, it's the same thing as buy one, get one free. So if it's 50% off, it's free. And then she says, and it's 75% off, you're making money. <laughs> so the reason I think God came up with 10%, so all of us can understand, you know how much that is, okay? <clears throat> I led a guy to the Lord one time, and he asked me to disciple him, so we met every week to disciple him. Now think about the scriptures, the Trinity, uh, the Apostles' Creeds, um, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, deliverance, all those things I did use. But do you know what I did the first week? Tithing. You wanna know why? I wanted him to get out from under the curse. See, what I'm telling you, I believe. I believe this. I believe that book right there when it says, you're under a curse because you've robbed me. You took what belonged to me. I believe that. I believe that. So I explained to him about tithing. So <clears throat> that Friday, he got paid. He's on commission, and he had a bad week, so his check was $640. So that weekend, I saw him at church, and he showed me his check. He said, look, I brought my tithe check, $64. And he said, and you know, this was a bad week for me, so this is, it's, it's really tough to do that this week. But he said, I believe what you told me, and I believe the scriptures you showed me. So he put his $64 in on Sunday in the offering box. Monday, he calls me. <clears throat> he said, you're not gonna believe this. He said, when I got home, I got the mail out of the mailbox, and there was a letter from the city of, and he lived in Irving, from the water department. And I thought it was the bill. And he said, I opened it up and it said, we've done an internal audit and you've been paying too much. And he said, there was a check in there for $640. 10 times the amount. <clears throat> You will never convince me in a million years that that's a coincidence. Never. 